do this. Even through those seasons, the more and more that we lean into the Lord, the more and more that we will find, even in the bad times, God is still good. And his goodness will still flow, and it will be evident in our lives, the grace and the mercy that we have received, because it is very difficult for us to understand the goodness of God, because we measure everything tangibly here, in, here not just in America, but on earth as human beings. And it's very difficult for us to understand the eternal goodness and the promises of God, because we have an earthly mindset of things have to be done right or perfect in order to be good. So what we're going to do is we're going to read Deuteronomy chapter 11, 1 Samuel chapter 7, and then I also want to go to Judges chapter 2. So yada, yada, yada. As I mentioned, the word yada was a, re, is a Hebrew word. It was an ancient word that was used to be considered or to reflect upon or to remember. And God's instructions demonstrate that, that this is a command to be taken seriously and they are to place this knowledge, we are to place this knowledge not only in our heart and our soul, but on our hands, in front of our eyes, and on our gates and doorposts, as we'll read in Deuteronomy chapter 11. And the reason I want you to have your kids, if they're here today with you, to sit with you, is because you as parents or grandparents are instructed and commanded to pass on the goodness of the Lord to them. We are commanded to teach our children the discipline of the Lord, the instruction of the Lord, but also the goodness of the Lord. And God wants us to consider the things that he has done. So Deuteronomy chapter 11, starting in verse 1, it says this, You shall therefore love the Lord your God and keep his charge, his statutes, his rulers, and his commandments always. And consider today, since I am not speaking to your children who have not known or seen it, Consider the discipline or the instruction of the Lord your God, his greatness, his mighty hand and his outstretched arm, his signs and his deeds that he did in Egypt to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt and to all his land and what he did to the army of Egypt, to their horses and to their chariots, how he made the water of the Red Sea flow over them as they pursued after you. He's speaking to a group of people that literally left Egyptian captivity, but they would not actually reach the promised land due to their own lack of faith and due to their own lack of trust in the Lord. And he's talking to a group of people that literally came to the sea as it sat before them. And God took the sea and he split it. He's talking to those people that walked through the sea, which was at one particular moment a sea, and then overnight became dry ground that they would walk on. And then he's talking to these same people that made it across the sea after being released from Egyptian captivity after 430 years generations being held captive in captivity. And he's talking to these people that made it onto the other side of the sea to turn around and to see Pharaoh's army chasing after them and then the sea to just be poured back as it once was to devour and completely destroy the army of Pharaoh. And he said, remember what he did to their horses, to their chariots, how he made the water of the Red Sea flow over them as they pursued after you and how the Lord has destroyed them to this day. And what he did to you in the wilderness until you came to this place. And what he did to Dathan and Abiram and the sons of Eliab, son of Reuben. How the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up with her households, their tents, and every living thing that followed them. In the midst of all of Israel. For your eyes have seen all the great work of the Lord that he did. If you were to go down to verses 18 through 20. You will read, Moses continues on, he says, You shall therefore lay up these words of mine 
in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, talking of them when you are sitting in your house, when you are walking by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now, First Samuel chapter 7, verse 12, we read that Samuel takes a stone and he says something very powerful when he takes this stone. He says, till now the Lord has helped us. And what he did is he took a stone and he made an altar, which was a point, which was a point of remembrance. They, they were to remember what the Lord had done for them in that very place. So you remember the story of um, uh, Jacob whenever he had the dream, right? He made an altar and he said, this is where the Lord was. And that particular place was an altar, but it was also a remembering point of what the Lord had done. And when Samuel takes this stone, he sets up an altar and he says, till now the Lord has helped us. And whenever you read on there, you're reading about in in chapter 7 how the Philistines drew near to attack the Israelites, but God actually caused a mass confusion amongst the Philistine army and that the Israelites were able to devour them. And this was a remembrance of God's faithfulness and God's power and God's protection. And Samuel sets up this altar. He says, till now the Lord has helped us. So here's what I want us to do today. It's going to be a little bit different. I might not yell too much at you. I might. I don't know. I didn't really plan too much yelling or, or any kind of loud chaos, but, but you never know. This is a mobile pulpit. We can move it and we can get, get to go in here. But here's what I want to do for just a moment. I want to challenge you to reflect on what God has done this year. Just take a moment. Just think for a moment what God has done this year. 2021. Who here is in agreement that we don't know where 2021 even went. Like, I don't really know where it went. I woke up, it was 2021. I remember January 3rd, we had our very first service. In fact, hey, we can praise God that we didn't have to go to the drive-in at all this year. Right? We didn't have to. We just went out there for fun last weekend. I mean, 28 degrees in the middle of December at night with no sun, and you can see your breath as you're preaching. That is fun. Right? I mean, that's what we long to do. Um, we went out just for fun last week. We went out just to have a, a good time at the drive-in. But we didn't have to go to the drive-in at all this year. If you remember, last year we, we started in at church, we went to the drive-in, we came back, we went to the drive-in, we came back. Uh, then we went, I, I don't know how many times we went out there, but there was a lot of transition from the drive-in to church to drive-in to church. There was a lot of talk about whether we were going to have holidays, whether we were going to do this, how we were going to do that. And here we are even in 2021, and those conversations are still present. And illness and sickness and COVID and flu and all these things, they're still present. But just take a moment. I'm going to shut up and give you a moment to think what God has done for you, your family, in 2021. And if you have note-taking gear, as the Marines would tell you, take it out and write it down. What God has done. Maybe type it into your notes on your phone. I'm going to give you a moment. Just think about what God has done for you.
Think about what God has done in your family this year. What has he done this year? Now, let me ask you, if you are an adult and you're just reflecting, you're trying to remember, maybe you're like me and you're like, I don't remember much past like Christmas Eve, you know, like I remember Christmas Eve and uh, we had Thanksgiving, you know, it took me a while. So I had to actually go to one of the most powerful tools in today's world, which is also one of the most dreadful tools, Facebook. I went to Facebook and I was actually able to reflect a little bit through Michaela's Facebook um, what has happened this year. So if you're a, an adult here and you're reflecting, maybe you're writing down, maybe you're typing in, or you're just thinking about what God has done, let me ask you this question. Have you told your children about it? Have you, have you told your children or your grandchildren what God has done? Have you told them and reminded them of how God has been faithful or what God has done? Now, whenever I went to Facebook, I did some reflecting, I did some reading, I did some searching in our Facebook group. Um, if you were to go through, you could go onto our private group and you can see all of the private posts and videos and pictures. And this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to kind of know some numbers as far as our church. Because if you haven't noticed, or maybe you have, maybe you haven't, God's blessed Pleasant Hill Christian Church in 2021. He has. Very many ways. In fact, we had over 25 people baptized in 2021. Amen. Amen. I mean, we had over five to seven families join the church of Pleasant Hill to call their home church and this particular body as the people that they will walk alongside with in the advancement of the gospel. And guess what? Based off what I've heard and what who I've spoken to, 2022 is going to start the same exact way. So, I mean, we could take a moment and just praise God for over 25 people being baptized in His name. We can praise God for over five families joining Pleasant Hill as their church, and this is where we go. And we're not finished yet. So, I mean, we could take some time. And then, you know, it's also sometimes very difficult because at the exact same time that all these good things have happened, uh, we've lost church family members. We've lost family members. So I understand that 2021, as great as it was at the exact same time, was extremely painful and very unpredictable. I can remember this past year looking through pictures and seeing all the wonderful pictures of baptisms and and all of these great happy things, you know. And then I, I don't remember the exact number, Jeff, Tiffany, you may be able to tell me this, but I think we sent nearly 20 teenagers to camp this year. Maybe more than that to church camp this year. I mean, where they got to go and, and to truly just worship on their own and be apart from mom and dad and just truly surround themselves with other teenagers who believe and pre-teenagers who believe. And, and, or maybe they didn't believe, but then they went to church camp and their lives could have been radically transformed by what happened there. We, we, I mean, we can't put a price tag really on what God has done. And, and then we remember the people in which we've lost. Here's what I want you to do. Today or this week, if any at all possible, 
take a moment and just thank the Lord for what He has done. Just thank Him. And you may say, well, it's hard because maybe this year was a year of pain or a year of loss or a a year of heartache or a year of financial crisis or a year of whatever you could fill in the blank. And this is what I want to remind you. As we read Deuteronomy chapter 11, it started out, you shall therefore love the Lord your God. That's what it started out with. You shall love the Lord your what? God. You may not have as big of a savings account in 2022 as you may have had at the beginning of 2021. But let me remind you what you still do have. The Lord your God. Your family may not be as big as it was in 2021. But guess what you still have? The Lord your God. Your health may not be as great as it was at the beginning of 2020 or 2021 or now you're going into 2022, but you and I still have the Lord our God. So, I mean, we could tell stories about testimonies, about how uh, different things happened over this year. And, and I encourage you to go back through your pictures on your phone or go back through your Facebook memories of this past year and see what all has happened. See the good things, see the vacations, see the, see the, the uh, blessings that you may have received or see how God changed you or how God changed them or how God restored. And, and it's a beautiful thing to sit and to reflect on all the things that God has done. But the fear is, you and I, if we are not careful, we may see in ourselves in Judges chapter 2. So let me go, if you have your Bible, to Judges chapter 2. In Judges chapter 2, we actually get a little bit of a recording of the death of Joshua. If you remember, Joshua was Moses' successor and would go and to lead the people into the promised land. And you remember the the story of Joshua leading the people around the walls of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. And then, you know, we always think that was the end of the story was really just the beginning because then they had to go and fight for the land and they had battles and wars and fights and, and all of these things. And then what we see after Joshua, we, we kind of transition into the judges period of time. We haven't quite seen a king yet, but God appoints different judges or rulers in certain areas to kind of judge or to govern or to lead the people. There was Moses, then there was Joshua, and then there we lead into the judges. But Judges chapter 2, starting in verse 6, we read a little recollection of Joshua. It says, when Joshua dismissed the people, the people of Israel went each to his own inheritance to take the possession of the land. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua. I want you to really pay attention here. And the people served all the days of Joshua. And all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great work that the Lord had done for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110 years. And they buried him within the boundaries of inheritance, Timnath Harris, and the hill country of Ephraim, north of the mountain of Gaosh. 
and all that generation also were gathered to their fathers. Now I want you to take note of the very next thing said. Because if we do not stop and to reflect and to remember and to pass on, we might just find like in this particular verse, and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. He did not, they did not know the Lord. They did not know the work that he had done for Israel. So this is what I want you to do as a family. This is what I want you to do as an individual. And this is what I want us to do as a church. I want us to stop and think for a moment all that God has done. Maybe you wrote it down. Maybe it came to mind as we just stopped for a moment. And here's the fear that we might have. Or here's a fear that I might have, a danger that could come. If you and I never stop and think about what the Lord has done for us, I can almost bet that we would never talk about it. I mean, if you're not thinking about it, you surely aren't going to talk about it. So if you never stop to just think and to just praise the Lord. See, when Samuel built that altar, they took the stones and they prepared an altar. When Jacob prepared an altar, it wasn't just a place where they were like, man, this was awesome. And, and you know, this was a great experience. They were reminded every time they came to that particular spot, they were reminded about what God has done. And then whenever they would go home, whenever they would see their family, or whenever they would have children or grandchildren, they would tell them and they would pass on the word of what has happened up to that particular point or what happened in this particular area. You know, I could only imagine the stories that Joshua and those people told of the walls coming down. But we see a generation that arose that did not know the Lord. They did not know the Lord. And then they did not know the work that he had done. And the work that he had done can only be passed down to the next generation by the words of our testimony and by our faithfulness to his goodness and by expressing what the Lord has done. So here's what I want us to do. I want us in 2021 to end 2021 and be preparing into 2022 to just stop. Just stop. Stop the madness, stop the, the, uh, you know, you could, if you really want to feel really yourself, just go onto your phone, into your settings and look at your screen time, right? Who here gets a screen time report like every Sunday and it's like six, seven, eight, nine hours of screen time that week. So, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to have a New Year's resolution to, to decrease or to lower your screen time. But here's what I want you to do to end 2021, to step into 2022, because, you know, in America we have the end of the year. We kind of get to this particular point in time where as soon as Christmas comes, we get through the Christmas holidays and those family gatherings, and then there's like this week of dead time, right? Or we just don't do anything, we have no motivation, and we just literally just sit and dwell, and we may just kind of enjoy time off work, but we literally have this week of just kind of dead time. You know, and we're preparing ourselves for 2022, right? Because we've got resolutions that we're going to lose weight, we're going to save more money, and then what we're doing is we're just scratching out the date on our paper that we wrote back in like 2014, and we're just writing this year on it, right? So, so this year we're just scratching out 2021, it didn't work, we're just going to write 2022 here. But this is what I want you to do during this dead time. This is what I want you to do to end this year and to prepare yourself for next year. It's to literally just stop and to remember all that God has done. Just please just stop 
and remember. Please just stop and worship Him. Because here's the thing. Your wallet might not be as padded as it was. It's certainly not as padded this week as it was two weeks ago or two months ago. I get that. But guess what? You still have the immeasurable riches of the mercy and the grace of our God and the love that He poured out. And and here's the thing. We... In our family, I, I remember this particular time last year was a beautiful time, but also a very horrific time. It was. I mean, I know we have now experienced what it feels like to to lose, not yet born, but still a baby nonetheless. And I can remember thinking, God, there's no worse pain than that, right? I mean, to, to, to lose that, but then to just also tell yourself that God is still good and God is still faithful. And then, you know, we look about this past year, Michaela and I both lost grandparents and we lost family and we lost friends. We lost church family. But even when we reflect on all of that, even when we consider all the things, good things, the bad things, the horrible decisions that we made, the, the great glorious things that happen within the church or the great things that happen within our family. The one constant that is still present and evident today is that you and I still have to lean on the Lord our God. The Lord our God. So here's what I want you to do now. I want you to just stop and think for a moment. What are you praying for in 2022? What are you longing to see in 2022? What are you you just, just anxiously awaiting to see in 2022? Now... Now, God doesn't come to the same dead time like you and I do. God doesn't get through his birthday and say, I'm glad that's over. Now I got a week off and now we got to go back. There is no end of the year time or New Year's resolution time for the Lord. Uh, He's able to do these things now. He's able to do these things tomorrow. But maybe you're praying for salvation with your family. Maybe you're praying for a new job. Maybe you're praying for more time off work. Maybe you're praying for, and you can fill in the blank, but what are you praying for in 2022? And I want you to stop and to think about it. And as you stop and think about it, as you write this down or as you just consider it in your own head, let me ask you again, are you passing this on to your children and your grandchildren? Are you reflecting upon what you prayed for at the end of 2020 and then actually saw come to pass in 2021? Did you pass that along? Have you told to the next generation? Because here is the fear and the world that we live in. The devil wants to do everything he can to ensure that there is another generation that arises after us that does not know the Lord. He would get greater no, he would get no greater satisfaction than the United States of America to see a generation of children grow up and not know the Lord. He, he may not get any greater satisfaction to see a group of children grow up and not walk by the statutes or the commands or the word of God. I mean, that's what he longs to see. He longs to see us stop talking about what God has done. He longs to see us to just live in such a rapid speed of society and a world and and everything happens like this and we don't ever stop and think and worship and dwell and remember. And he would love to just see us continue on at this rapid pace because if we don't stop and and take time to think about it, 
we surely aren't going to stop and take time to talk about it. And if we don't stop and take time to talk about it, then no one gets the opportunity to hear about it. And if no one gets to hear about the goodness of the Lord in your life, then they might not actually see any of the goodness of the Lord in their life. And then they're going to pass on to their kids this same habit of just living at such a rapid pace. I got to go to work. I got to pay the bills. We got to buy this. We got to run. We got to run. We got to run. We got to run. And we, we have no time to just stop and to think and to praise the Lord for all that he's done. Because you and I, I believe one of the most important things that you and I can do in our culture, in our society today, is to truly just disconnect from everything and connect with those that truly matter. You know, those people that like your pictures on Facebook, I hate to tell you this, they may not even like you. They may not. They may not care. I mean, you're staying up late to get this perfect filter or this perfect preset that you ordered. You know, Michaela buys all these stinking presets. I don't even know what a preset is, but it makes your your picture look real pretty. And can I tell you that not one person's going to call us immediately and say, oh, my goodness, that was the most beautiful picture. No, no. People might like it. People might actually enjoy it, but appreciate it. But did you know that the majority of those people that like or that comment or that give you the thumbs up or the heart emoji on your picture, they don't really care. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm just trying to be honest with you. They aren't going to stay up at night telling all their friends, did you see them? Now, they may say that in another way. Did you see what they are doing? Did you hear about that? But, I mean, let's just be honest. We get so, so caught up in the world and in the, in the, in the culture that we live in that we've got to present the best picture and we've got to present the most perfect family and we've got to, we've got to especially buy this time of year the most perfect gift. Can I tell you, none of that's going to add any time to your life. In fact, Jesus talked about it. He said, wouldn't your father who cares for the birds of the sky and who, who addresses the fields of clover and, and lilies, if he were to do all of this for those, and wouldn't he certainly do even more for you, those that he loves even more? I mean, God's going to be... God's going to be good. It may not always look good or feel good at times, but God's still going to remain faithful to you and me. He's still going to, you know, bless us and protect us and guide us. And even though we may be sick, we still have salvation that is an eternal promise through Jesus Christ to look forward to. So even if life isn't great at times, we still have the promises of the Lord to build our life upon. But but we live in a culture and a society that gets so caught up in the here and the now and right now. And we've got to be the next. We've got to be the first. We've got to be the first. And here's what I want us to do. My goal in 2022 is to slow down. Slow down. In fact, I've talked about going and getting a dumb phone. Who here still has a dumb phone? You know, not the smartphone type. But you have a flip phone. Anybody still here have a flip phone? we got one flip phone in the whole church. Now, who here has a smartphone? Raise your hand. All the people of the church said amen, right? And, and did you know that my biggest goal in 2022 was to actually get rid of this phone and to get a dumb phone? You know, the old flip phone that you use T9 texting on, you know, where it predicts the words that you're thinking and then it predicts them wrong and then you got to go back. Or if you want to type out the letter, you know, S, you got to hit the seven four times, you know, and, and, and your fingers are all cramped up from just type, ty- typing a message and and I told Michael, I said, my goal this year is to just slow down, to get rid of this and, and to go to that. So I went to Verizon and I tried to get one of those old flip phones. I said, look, I want the cheapest plan. I want the worst phone you can get. 
And they're like, well, it's not going to work because the 5G connection won't work on these old 3G phones and you're going to have to upgrade anyway. And I was like, let me just smash this stupid phone right on the floor because it's pointless. I mean, I can't go down. I can't get that. So, so what are some ways that you and I can truly just stop and slow down and reflect and remember what God has done? And here's what I want you to do. In 2022, I want you to be more and more mindful of what God has done. Because maybe you're reflecting and you're like, well, I don't know what God has done. I don't, I, maybe if you were to be honest, you may not have the time to sit and dwell. But I guarantee you, if we were to be honest and we were to, if we were to just put it all out there, those of us that may not have time to tell our children or our grandchildren about God's faithfulness or stop and dwell and worship the Lord, we sure have high screen times. Right? We're sure aware of who posted what, and did you see them over there at this family Christmas party, and, and did you, did you hear about so and so? So here's what my goal is, and my entire time today was just to come to you and to remind you that all the way back in Deuteronomy chapter 11, we're talking thousands of years ago when Moses, who led the people out of Egypt, he stopped. And he reminded the people, it is very important for us to just stop and to remember and to reflect on the faithfulness of God. And not just to remember, not just to reflect, not just to think about it, but we've also got to talk about it. We've also got to pass to our next generation and we've also got to pass to the next generation. And, and here is the only way that those next generations can ever know about the goodness of the Lord is if we would actually pass it along. But here's what I want us to know. We fight in a war. It's a spiritual war where the devil is literally wanting you and I to just shut up. Just, just stop talking about God, just stop praising the name of Jesus, to just, just stop passing on to the next generation and the next generation all that God has done for you, done for you, done for me, and, and our enemy and the ways of the world and the people that walk according to those ways just want you and I to just shut up. Just shut up. Well, here's a problem. And as I've told you before, sometimes I'm a little edgy. You know, I don't always want to just read about sweet baby Jesus laying in a manger. I like the Jesus scenes where he's kicking over tables. And, you know, I like I like 007 type Jesus sometimes, you know, where he's coming in and he's raising people from the dead and he's calling people brood of vipers. I, I kind of like the edgy Jesus. Well, as I was thinking about what's going to happen in 2022, I firmly believe that if you and I speak up, if you and I preach the gospel, this world has not seen what God is capable of doing. Not just here, but everywhere. So, so what I did was I thought about, okay, the, Lord, the world wants us to just shut up. The world wants us to just, you know, come in here and not get too loud and make sure that we're out of here and, and we just go to lunch, you know, and then we just go home and we just stay home and we, we watch our NASCAR, we watch our football games, and then we'll just do it next week. And then, you know, maybe we'll miss a few weeks here, we'll miss a few weeks there, and, and then we've got a lot going on, and, and that's what the world wants us to do. That's what Satan wants us to do. That's what he wants you to do. But then I thought as I was thinking about this, never do I pray to Satan, but I had to speak it out loud and tell him, devil, I ain't shutting up. <laughs> devil, I ain't shutting up this year. I have seen enough go on in the last two years and I have witnessed enough in the last two years to lead me and compel me to speak even more. 
I have witnessed enough in 2020 and in 2021 to tell me that there is no way on this green earth that I could ever shut up and stop proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ until my lungs are empty. So here's what I want you to do. And I'm going to pass it along because I got a daughter who's going to be eight this year. She's going to be eight next month. And she's getting to the point in time. And some of you kids are at this point in time where you're asking questions of mom and dad. What was this or what was sin? Or you're going to come to a point. I've got a daughter who over the next 12 months could be baptized and could say, Daddy, what do I need to do? And then I got another one that's going to be six. And guess what? I'm going to have four girls that I'm going to continue to preach the gospel. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what Satan wants. I don't care what the society society or political parties are telling me because I am going to be sure that in this house the next generation is going to know the Lord and know what goodness he has done I am going to do everything and here's what I want us to do if you are going to not just be a part of it but truly participate in preaching to the next generation here's what I want us to do ensure that 2022 you speak more than you've ever spoken In 2022, you tell more people about Jesus than you've ever been able to do in the past. In 2022, and here's why, because you and I are growing closer and closer to the end of time. We are. Every minute that passes by, we are closer and closer to the end of time. End of time for you, end of time for me, but also the end of time for this particular world. We never know how the end of times are perfectly going to play out or how they're going to look. But we are 100% certain that eventually you and I will find a point in time where you and I on this earth are no more. So as you've stopped and as we've talked about all that God has done in 2021, as we stopped and think about just for a moment what you're praying for in 2022, here's what I want you to do. I want you, and I think we did this a few weeks ago. I want you, if you if you got pens or paper, if you're in your on your phone, you can do this. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down three names, three names of people that you know do not know the Lord. I want you to write their names down. And here's what I'm going to challenge you with. I want you to speak to them about Jesus until they know Jesus. I want you to remind them of what God has done for you until they can, at the end of 2022, tell you what God has done for them. I want you to write down three particular names, specific names that you know. Maybe you don't have pens and paper and you're thinking right now of people that you know, people that you love, people that you work with, people people just that you know that do not know the Lord Jesus. They have no relationship with Him. And here's what our goal is going to be. Here's what our prayer is going to be. That at the end of 2022, they can join us. Maybe not here necessarily in this particular church, but they can join us in taking a moment to just sit down, stop the madness of the world, and to remember what God has done. Because if you and I will stop to think about it, We will certainly take time to talk about it. And if you and I will take time to talk about it, you never know just how God will get a hold of some people. And it's almost like that snowball effect. When you tell one person, they tell three people, it turns into 10 to 20 to 40 to 80 to 100. It's almost a concept. If I were to give you a million dollars right now, or if I were to give you a penny 
now and double that particular amount over the next 30 days, what would you choose? The penny. Because over 30 days, that penny equates to over $5 million. It's known as the process of multiplication versus one set amount. And sharing the gospel is in the exact same way. When you and I tell one, they may tell two, they may tell nine, they may tell 24, and then you see families saved and you see people saved. So here's what I want you to do. Over the next few weeks, I want you to get those three people that you know, and I want you to begin talking to them so much about Jesus that they may get fed up. I want them to get fed up. I want them to say, listen, I've heard this story over and over. You don't have to tell me again. I want you to talk to those people about Jesus so much that they will finally come to a point in time where they are drawn to ask, who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? I want you to tell them the stories about how God saved your marriage or how he reconciled your relationships here or how he forgave you of that. I want you to talk about the goodness of the Lord so much that they will be just enticed and compelled to talk about Jesus. And our prayer is at the end of 2022, those three names may not necessarily be here. They may not even be close to here, but they will be able to sit with you and talk about the goodness of the Lord. Let's pray.